You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. And Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at F&B Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And Wayne, I understand that the dreaded LS is back, load shedding. In what sort of form? How many hours a day are you having to endure not having a basic right, which is electricity? Um, it's, it's four hours every second day, roughly speaking, although now we've gone from Schedule 2 back to Schedule 1, mm. which is a good thing. Okay. So it might be four hours every three days or something like that. But what worries me is that we load shedding now, and I know it's winter, and I know it's excess winter demand, but the economy is not fully open yet, eh? not by, I don't know, you know, there's still 20% of the economy that's not working. So when that eventually all comes on stream, what's that going to do to demand? Oh, I see what you're saying. But yes. admittedly, I know that's bitterly cold here, so there is excess demand being used. But the economy is not firing on all cylinders yet by a country mile. Mm. So, yes, we are going to have load shedding here for the next year, year and a half. And last night I was sitting in the dark again, yeah. and I just thought, no. no. What, what do you so mean, no? You, you, myself, did you, did you say to yourself you, an inverter? Oh, okay. You I didn't, you didn't think I'm going to actually leave South Africa and, and go somewhere else? No, no, I'm, I'm too old for that now. No, you're not. But, you know, and unf- un- unfortunately for younger people, let's say, I suppose anyone up to the age of 40 or 50 maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it must be a serious consideration when you look at South Africa and what the prospects are and how many hills we've got to climb to achieve decent economic growth and decent job creation. I'll tell you a little story. I've got a lovely place that I just love going to a restaurant near Alice Park. Okay. Great place. Been there for the last, if not the last 30 years. Portuguese place, maybe? Yes, Portuguese place. And they've probably been there another 50 years before I started going there. But that's beside the point. I went there and they're serving lunch and everything. But there was only maybe 10% of the restaurant occupied. But, you know, it might have been a Tuesday at lunchtime. But only about 10% of the restaurant occupied. And then when I left, you go down the stairs at the back and you park your car in the little back street. It's, very, it's all very safe, so you don't have to be concerned. Mm. But when I left, which was about half past two, there were, I don't know, 200 people there. And when I walked down, I thought, why are there 200 people in this little back street outside the hotel? And then when I took a few more steps down the stairs, I saw these were all mothers. Well, not all, but the overwhelming majority were mothers with young children, even babies. And when I say young children you know, probably up to the age of four or five and babies. And there were a lot of them, as I said, easily 200 people. And I thought, why are they here? It wasn't threatening or menacing or anything like that. And then as I walked out from the little staircase, off the staircase, I saw that this hotel in their garage on, this, on, the, on, the, on the street, they got a little food kitchen going on there. And these people were queuing up to get something to eat at lunchtime. And I think it's so commendable of the hotel to actually arrange this feeding scheme for Very these good. multitudes of people. Yes. But you just think we as a country have let these people down. 
They, yeah. They're struggling to eat. They can't get a job. The economy is not growing. Whether they have access to decent medical care or not, I don't know. Whether they have access to education or not, I, I just don't know. But you just think we as a country have let these people down. When you think of the, and I don't know what the number is, but it's probably in the trillions of rands that have been misspent. Now, that includes all the bribery and corruption and all the money that should that went into Eskom that shouldn't have gone into Eskom and, 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 and every single thing we know about, it probably over the last 10, 15 years amounts into the trillions. Yeah. You know, and you just think, we've got to get it right here. We've got to, you can't sit permanently with unemployment at maybe even 35% now and keep that under control by paying grants because you can't afford to pay the grants anymore because your debt is too high and your tax base is too low, too narrow, and the economy is not growing, so you're not creating jobs and you aren't creating a tax base for people who pay tax and companies who pay tax. So you're in this vicious circle, and the only way you can break it is to govern the country different to the way you have governed the country. Because the way you have governed the country has been acceptable because you've never hit the wall yet. You know, now we've hit the wall. Government debt, we've hit the wall in the economy, we've hit the wall in unemployment. It's interesting. So we just hope that the right things are going to be done because there's quite frankly no other option. Now, what the right things are can debate forever, but effectively you've got to change the way that the government is running the economy. And of course, the state we're in is the government's fault because the government's in charge. So who else's fault can it be other than the people who of are in charge? Of course it is. Yeah, no, no one else is to blame. It's ANC's fault. It's very simple. You don't yeah. have to say the government. You can specify well, that's what I'm it's saying. the ANC. Any, any country, the government's in control. So anything goes right or wrong, the government is responsible. You know, so we've, we as a country, the ANC, the government... We've got to do things differently. And, and, and the way to do it is you can't be at each other's throats. You know, um, industry, commerce, the capitalistic system can't be seen as the enemy by labor, by the government. The capitalists can't see labor as the enemy. You know, we've got to work somehow together and get a new and I, and I don't like the term because it's overused, but literally a new social accord where we all agree within broad parameters as to how things should be run. Because the way we're going now, if we don't change it, I mean, quite frankly, it's not next year, but in 10 years' time, 15 years' time, if we don't change what we're doing, we will be a proper African basket case. Yeah, I'm getting the sense that the unions are coming to the party a little bit because they've they've yes. they've started to realise that uh, you know they don't have the bargaining power anymore because the, the people that they're trying to bargain with are beleaguered as well as them. I mean, not in a, yes. not in the same way, but I do get the sense that no, there isn't I that. I agree with you. Yeah, I think they are sort of coming to the table now. But I tell you one thing about the pandemic that has afflicted all of us over the last six months or so, it has brought out some really good sides of, of human beings that I, yes. that I haven't seen for a few years. And I must say that your story yeah. about the, the people queuing at the, at the food bank or the voluntary uh, food service from that hotel, I know that hotel in Jewel Street, isn't it? 
Malvern. Yes. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, Same I mean, one, no. it's not it's not exactly the Hilton. Uh, so maybe the person no, there has no, no, got no, a bit... No, no, no. No, this... And that's why I like it, is it's not the Hilton. Yeah, but I'm saying that the, this person who owns it probably has, has suffered as well and just yeah. said, well, it's not going to cost me more than, you know, four or five thousand rand to feed 200 <laughs> people, not even that. Yeah. Uh, but do it anyway, it's the gesture. Might, yeah. I don't know, he might be sponsored, he might be part of a feeding team where someone gives him money, but it doesn't matter. He's still giving the premises, the kitchen, the cooking, the staff, yeah. the facility, everything. He's providing it for these, I mean, quite frankly, destitute people. Mm. Now, another strange thing about lockdown is that because you're not running to the shops every five minutes, you know, you're not, life, you're not going to a restaurant, you're not going to buy a, a, a cappuccino yeah, and they, you are physically traveling less because you're not going to work and back. You, you're at home. The strange thing is you're not carrying any physical cash in your wallet yeah. because you don't have to. You don't, you're not transacting. You know, I mean, I go to the office. I'll go and buy a, 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 a Coke at the cafe. I'll buy a cappuccino. I'll buy some samosas. So you keep a hundred rand on you. For incidentals. Yes. And then when you go to the parking garage, you know, you've got to put money in the parking machine to pay for your parking. Because when you go to a shopping center now, you're not paying for parking anymore. You go into parkings for free during lockdown. They obviously want to attract as many people as possible to come. So they're not. So you literally on. There is no need whatsoever to have physical cash on you. Because the only time you're spending is when you're going to do a shop at the pick and pay or wherever. And then you use your credit card. So as a consequence, I've got no cash, physical cash in my wallet. And, you know, I've, I've, what, what I do, because, I mean, obviously in South Africa, every robot you come to, there's someone who wants some money from you or something, is I keep a big packet of food in my car. So I did exactly comes, the I same give them, thing. I give, them a, I give them a packet because yeah. you're not carrying money on you. So I give them a packet. Mm, That's all I, I had. I didn't have old packet to this hotel he was giving people the 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 food and that but it's it's interesting as a consequence of the of the virus you know i think the actual money in circulation the physical cash in circulation must have gone down enormously eh? i think it really has i used to do the same thing when i used to go to mcdonald's and buy the basic hamburger and keep uh, six or seven of them in my car because they last for a while. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> if, if, if somebody there yeah. is at the robots that looks a, a deserving character, just give it, just give it yeah, the, the money. You don't know what the, where the money's going to go, but a half-decent hamburger. Food will be eaten, yeah. Exactly. No, same, same, same story, yeah, and that's exactly what, what I've been doing. So, yeah. But you just think, look, I, I'm personally – have great faith and optimism that the government will do the right thing because, quite frankly, there is no other alternative. And definitively, the finance minister recognizes that. Definitively. Yes. I mean, he's told us that in no uncertain terms, if we don't change what we're doing here, we are on the road to nowhere. Mm. So he understands it. I think the state president grasps it, but he's not grasps it, grasps, grasps it and understands it. But he's got so many other things, people that he groups that he's got to keep with, for want of a better word. That, but the unions are coming down, are coming around. I mean, I think they are. Yeah. You would have thought, you would have thought a year ago that SAA would be retrenching 2,700 people. Now, I know maybe they shouldn't be opening it up again, 
Okay, maybe you should just close and die. I don't know. But a year ago, it would have been inconceivable that 2,700 people would be retrenched at SAA. Yes, but it's uh, it's going to go through and there will be a negotiation process because people realize how I think what's happened is that it's uh, South Africa was an isolated case. The rest of the world was doing well and we were doing badly. But now the rest of the world is doing badly and we are doing badly with it. Uh, so I think the well, unions know that it's far too well publicized for the unions to say, how dare you do this? But anyway, Wayne, can we get on to something else now? Uh, yes. I just want to quickly talk about uh, Truist. That's the one that stands out on the yes. Stock Exchange News Service today. It's hot on the heels of the Fashini Group, which has had a staggeringly good few days. Uh, what do you make of Trueworths, and why are the retailers suddenly doing so well? Well, there's two reasons why the re- well, uh, there's two things to t- discuss. First of all, the retail shares were cheaper mm. because it's only really the retailers and the banks and the property section that's reflecting the economy. The other parts of the market are reflecting something else, not the economy. So they were cheap to start off with. And then maybe the companies, the results were not as catastrophic as what people had anticipated them to be. So when you look at the true worst results, okay, they're talking for the whole year now. But, you know, turnover was down, obviously. Profits were down, obviously. But it wasn't necessarily a catastrophic thing. And then true worst has also gave quite a nice story there about what they're going to do to sort out their UK subsidiaries called Office. Yes, they gave quite an upbeat story around that. And, of course, Fashini is going up because they're buying jet for nothing. Mm, for nothing. In fact, they're for almost giving it away because they've got 800 million rands worth of, of trousers and T-shirts, and um, they're paying 480 for, for it. Price, yeah, exactly. Yeah, even if you sell those for half price, it's still for nothing. Exactly, yeah. I think, it's, And it's a good brand. We've spoken about that, spoken about, yes. uh, about it with your mate David Shapiro uh, yesterday. Anything else you're seeing today, uh, Wayne, or anything else? Well, the rand's strong, yeah. Mm, yeah, it is strong. It's very good. I mean, it's still weak so compared to where now, it was on January the 1st, but it's, it's strong yes. compared to where it was on March the 23rd. And it's also strong to where it could be, because when you consider all the negatives, South Africa, what's happening here, our government debt, our current year deficit, the unemployment rate going to 35 or 40%, our economy shrinking by between 8 and 12%, and full junk status. Mm. When you consider that backdrop, and the world's in recession, and... Emerging markets normally do extremely poorly in a world recession. When you put that all together, the rand could be significantly weaker than what it is now. So now, for if it's of use to anyone, mm. 1650 is the top end of our fair value range. So our fair value range is about 1580 to 1650. So now you can say the rand, according to our calculations, and of course it's all calculations, the rand is at fair value, everything else is considered. Okay, well, in that case, fair value it is, and the market dictates what the fair value is on a, a sort of a... Ultimately, yes. A smooth average, as they call it. Wayne, thank yes. you so much. And, and, that's, yes, go and on. that's exactly what our, what, our, what, what our fair value is. It's a smooth average over time because you're entirely correct. The correct exchange rate for the rand is the actual exchange rate, just taking out the volatility. Exactly right. Take out the peaks, take out the troughs, smooth it out yeah. over a year, and there's your rand. Never mind these uh, yeah. short-term uh, spikes and troughs. 1934, the correct. rand was at one stage in, in, in March. Quite yes. extraordinary. I thought it was going to 25, but of course I'm always wrong. Wayne, thank you so much for your time this evening, as always. That's Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. 
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.